Hi, it's Bill Radke with KUOW coverage of the 2015 elections. Campaign contributions are a big issue in the race for Seattle's District 3 seat on the city council. Questions about who took how much money from whom and how that money might influence a candidate's policies are front and center in a race involving Seattle's only elected socialist, Shama Sawat, and her challenger, Urban League President Pamela Banks. Here's Sawat. Well, if you look at what we've gotten done in the last two years, we've completely transformed Seattle's political landscape. We passed the historic $15 minimum wage, and we've pushed the conversation on the affordable housing crisis to such a degree that even conservative council members have been forced to vote yes, for example, on the resolution to repeal the ban on rent control, which happened just a few weeks ago. And as you can see, we also... Uh, in an unprecedented move, forced the slumlord Carl Hagelin to back down from exploitative practices at a building on Rainier Avenue South where the tenants were living in appalling conditions and yet faced the doubling of rent. So, you know, I think uh, if you ask people in the district and in the city what it is that are most urgent issues in their minds. It will be affordable housing, public safety. It'll be the uh, lack of real transit, public transit options. But, you know, the bottom line for achieving all of these things is not that we have a lack of creative ideas. There's absolutely an abundance of creative ideas from housing experts and transit experts and so on. What's been missing for the most part in City Hall is a real political backbone to challenge the fact that Seattle is a wealthy city and yet these services are uh, being reduced to nothingness and also that you know, uh, working people, middle class people are now finding it difficult to survive because of the rent check they write every month. And so we're absolutely determined that we have to make big developers pay. We need rent control. We need the city to use its bonding capacity to build tens of thousands of units of affordable housing. And we need to have a millionaire's tax that will generate the funds for having a full-fledged, high-quality mass transit system and funding for human services and for public education. Pamela Banks, what do you want to get done? Um, I have uh, literally doorbelled over 7,000 homes in our district, and I really would like to focus on all of the things that uh, Shama has said, but especially in our district right now about public safety, transportation, and economic development. Supporting when I and when I talk about economic development, I'm specifically talking about supporting small businesses, but also about employing people, getting people into those living wage jobs in order for them to be able to meet their needs. Um, the public safety um, issue is, is huge in our city right now, um, especially in our district. We have uh, gun violence up over 30 percent just in the central district alone. Um, there's been a lot of guns that the Seattle police have confiscated over the last six months. I believe they have confiscated more guns in the first six months of this year than they did all of last year. We're going to break a record by the end of the year. And we need to uh, address these public safety concerns because as I've doorbelled and canvassed and met people throughout the district, their number one and two issues have been transportation and public safety. And it's either transportation, public safety, public safety, or transportation. And I think that those are real issues that we're facing across the city, but especially in our district. And I would like to specifically work on those. And then again, the employment piece and ensuring that small businesses have have what they need to, to be successful and survive in this economy. Um, I think all of those things play into healthy neighborhoods. And now that we're in a district system, we have to have safe and healthy neighborhoods in order to be, you know, be prosperous across the city. Shama, Pamela brings up 
her district, uh, your district, District 3, you are most associated with a citywide minimum wage increase and, and rent control and, and bigger issues, uh, keeping Shell Oil out of Puget Sound and Indigenous Peoples Day. How are you focused on District 3, Central District, Madison Park, Capitol Hill? Well, anybody who is even remotely in touch with the needs of the district knows, as I said before, the paramount needs of the district, just like for the city, but it is actually more intensely magnified in the district, is the affordable housing crisis. It's the lack of options for real transit. You know, if you uh, talk to people in Capitol Hill, they're forced to drive, many of them, because they don't have proper transit, you know, real late night options and late night service and uh, uh, also having free ORCA passes for K-12 students and so on. And so when we talk about affordable housing, that is a district issue. And I would say that it's somewhat of a disingenuous separation to make that uh, that is not a district issue. If you talk to people in the district, they'll tell you, hey, I'm being pushed out of this district because it is undergoing the most intense gentrification and displacement. And if you talk about the central district, you know, it used to be 80% African-American, and now it's less than 20% African-American. Where do you think these people have gone? Their communities have been decimated because of skyrocketing rent, because of unlivability in the district. So if we really want to bring back the vibrancy that people appreciate in the neighborhoods within the district, we absolutely need somebody who is going to advocate for affordable housing. But look, you know, voters are listening to this show. This is the last week. What is the take-home point, you know? This is an election year, so you will hear every candidate professing their allegiance to the needs of the working class, needs of small businesses. But the reality is that a lot of that talk will translate to very little with candidates who are taking money in the shovelfuls from corporate entities. I mean, Do you include about, Pamela Banks in that? Well, if you look at the campaign coffers of my opponent, they have ta- she has taken money from corporate CEOs and uh, executives uh, uh, to the tune of $140,000. She has taken money from Amazon.com, Alaska Airlines CEO who vociferously uh, opposed $15 an hour in SeaTac. And you know, I, if you think of $15 an hour as a city issue and not a district issue, that is a mistaken view. 25%, over 25% of the people who live in the district make less than $15 an hour. This is important to them, I can tell you that. And, okay, so uh, since you bring up the corporate... Uh, contributions to your opponent, uh, Pamela. I want to add one thing is, you know, we're talking about small businesses. I really uh, wanted to mention that actually I'm coming to this right after doing a press conference with small businesses, with artists and independent operators, with a really uh, comprehensive small business program, which includes both commercial rent control, which small businesses really need, and also portable retirement accounts. So, you know, restaurant owners, local restaurant owners will tell you that portable retirement accounts managed by the city will actually help both the workers of restaurants and the restaurants themselves. So my question really is, you know, we've had a corporate bankroll council for years, for decades. What policies have we seen in favor of small businesses? Nothing. It's just rhetoric. So we, we need to make sure that voters understand who they're voting for. And I would encourage everybody to go to runforthemoney.org to see who you're voting for. Okay, Pamela Banks, what do you want to say about uh, money that you have accepted and whose interests you're looking out for? So um, I'm going to say this, and I've said it before. I'm proud of all the people in District 3 and across the city that have supported my campaign, including many small businesses. So as Shama said, I've gotten money from CEOs. Well, a lot of those CEOs are small business owners in the district. 
um, also, 45% of my contributions have come from inside the district, and only about 18% of hers have come from inside the district. She has a massive amount of money coming from out of state. So whose interest is, you know, she's she's really talking about here? Um, I... Um, welcome anyone to go on Seattle Ethics and Elections and see where the money comes from. As people have maxed out on my campaign at $700 as individuals, they have maxed out on Shama's campaign, including people from Boeing and Microsoft and Amazon, the corporations that she continues to belittle and says they're bad for our city, when a lot of them are providing jobs, a lot of jobs in our city, um, and and living wage jobs as well. And um, when you talk about people, uh, uh, her millionaire's tax, I know the city council asked the city attorney for a legal review of the millionaire's tax. I call on Shama to release that legal analysis. She's basing her entire campaign, paying for all these infrastructure needs and affordable housing on a millionaire's tax. And I think we deserve to know if this is an action item or if it's a fraud, if it's a false statement. And we haven't heard that. And we know there's a, a decision pending. What would be false about it? That it's not constitutional, that it's illegal. I think the there's real been a fraud legal that is perpetrated on voters is corporate bankrolled uh, candidates going around saying that they're going to do something wor- working people. When people know all around the city and the country and the district, people know corporate money supports corporate ideas. You know, So at the end of the day, the reason we have a roiling affordable housing crisis in the city, the, the reason... Uh, we have gang violence where young people of color, especially from the African-American community, have no support from the city is because this is not a priority. I mean, there's a difference between lip service and actual doing. And, and as far as millionaire's point. tax is concerned, you know, I, I here's my uh, here's my challenge to all the corporate candidates and council members who say that this is not, uh, uh, you know, this is not possible. That is not possible. This is not possible. You know, where do you draw the line and say, I'm actually going to represent the interests of working people and small businesses? Commercial rent control. You know, the state ban on rent controls is silent on commercial properties. So, uh, are, you know, so uh, as far as the language of the state law goes, it's completely legal to, uh, to act, enact rent, commercial rent control. So I invite candidates to uh, come up to the litmus test of, you know, okay, so you don't want to do something that's uh, presumably illegal, but how about something that's legal? An increase in BNO tax uh, is legal by voter initiative. An increase in the business head tax is completely legal for transit, and that is something that uh, Council Member Lakata and I have brought forward three times, and three times corporate council members like my opponent, you know, if she were elected, what would they do? They would be an obstacle to all of that uh, I don't being see that is not And true. as far as my okay. donations are concerned, you know, I have have two and a half times more donations than any other candidate. And if I have, corporate money I have, supports a corporate state. agenda, no, does I, out of district money support an out of district agenda? <laughs> well, it, no, it's it, that's an artificial distinction. First of all, let me make make it clear because it, it's very misleading the way my opponent speaks. I have two more than two hundred more donations from the district than she does. And that just reflects the fact that an enormous number of working people who are fed up with a corporate agenda are extremely energized uh, by our campaign, by my campaign, because it speaks to the needs of working people and they have seen my record and, and my median donation is $50. And I, I have to say, it's, it's really unfortunate that my opponent uh, doesn't actually understand or claims to not understand the difference between an, the Alaska Airlines CEO donating to her campaign and the baggage handlers donating to my campaign. There's a difference between workers donating and the corporate executive 
executives donating. There's a fundamental difference. Let's so, Bill, let me tell you this. Chance, Let's yes. tell you this. People in the district aren't talking about where the money's coming from. They are talking about public safety. They are talking about transportation. They are talking about having an, an open government and a, and a city council person that's accessible to, to them. I just recently received the ERW endorsement because council member Samus Awant couldn't make the time to go see them. I've, I've talked to people from the Northwest uh, Minority um, Coalition that tried to meet with her around a, a project labor agreement. Again, could not meet with her. When she sits up there and says that I'm being bought off by corporate, if you look at my record, my history, I've spent my entire life in public service, working in neighborhoods, working on all these things that have been, um, that are impacting our, our community right now, our city right now, in addition as a CEO and president of the Urban League, race and social justice, equity. It's the second oldest um, civil rights organization in this country. I've turned that organization around. We have, we are doing um, um, housing foreclosure and prevention education classes, home ownership classes, criminal expungement classes to help people, African-American people and other low-income communities stay in the district, stay in this city through those programs. In addition, job creation, putting people to work through jobs. So for her to sit up there and say, because I'm getting up money from this place or that place, that I'm not going to continue to do this work for, for the people and the citizens of Seattle, that's erroneous. And okay. that's that's not true. Okay, we've, I, ta- we've talked about that, that issue, I think. Now, I want to talk about the difference or the tension between uh, cooperating, collaborating, and, and leading and being bold. Uh, Pamela, you have called Shama uh, divisive. How could you lead without an instinct to not go along? to say this, we're going this way, even if it means being divisive. Because that's the work I've had to do as a CEO of the Urban League. It's, it's a civil rights advocacy organization. We, we have created a movement for civil rights, and we've had to do that. We've had to go against the corporate interests. But we also know that in order to get things done, we've had to collaborate. We wouldn't have been able to get civil rights legislation, voters' rights legislation passed if we didn't um, um, have allies in the white community, in the Jewish community, and across the racial divide in the 60s. Now we're looking at a different racial um, complexity of our di- of our district, but of our city. We have to look at immigrants and refugees. We have a large Latino um, and Mexican population in our in our community, and it is bringing all those people together. But you cannot solve these issues of housing affordability and transit and public safety dividing the community. Everybody wants to live in a safe neighborhood with good schools and, and be able to walk to their grocery store and their child care and, and be provided those amenities. Everybody deserves that. And you cannot do it dividing the city by saying this this person's good, this person's bad, or this union's better or this union's not. We can't do it like that. Shama, do you admit to being any less collaborative than Pamela or any other uh, city council member? It's interesting that my opponent uh, mentioned immigrants because recently in an interview, she said that because I am an immigrant, I am not qualified. That is to talk not about what was said. News. That was not what was said, can Shama. I, can I speak? I no, because you because again you have taken those words out of context. Okay, well then and that's briefly, will you characterize said. what you said yourself? And well, then you, we were you, talking. You're, you're talking about her words, and we have Pamela right, right here. What do you, you What do you want I to say? I was being interviewed. We were talking about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And I said that I have been working on Black Lives Matter all my entire life. I raised a black son in the Central District at the height of the gang and the crack epidemic. And what I said was, Shama was not from here, meaning Seattle, and not from this country. That because is classic right-wing language. No, it is not. African-Americans from, Shama, from immigrant people. you have to understand, you don't have the history and the knowledge of the, the, of know, the African-American experience. Sure you cannot you speak for it, us. But, but you, okay, no, I, I, I heard, so I heard. that's what I said. And okay, I said, that's what she and said. They 
took and, they took the quote and they put it out on Twitter and said, I said immigrant and refugees didn't have the ability to serve uh, in, in office. And I did not even say that. I was specifically talking about Black Lives Matter, talking about the history of Jim Crow laws, talking about the history of voter suppression and how it's impacted this country, slavery, okay. all okay. of that. That is what I was speaking to specifically. And Shama, you respond how? Well, I think, you know, this is not... Uh, we have to have a very serious issue about uh, uh, attitude towards this. This is not a he said, she said kind of thing just on a campaign trail. This is a very serious issue. It's a, it is a very uh, tried and tested, divide and conquer method that the establishment, you know, big business uses to divide immigrants from African-American community. And the reason people uh, from the immigrant community and from the African-American community are upset about comments like this is because they know, they know in their instinctively and through their experience that in order for them to fight for their own standards of living and to fight against racism, immigrants and people of color who were born here need to come together. And so I think it's important for voters to look at the record of the people that they have in front of them, you know, in terms of who they're going to vote for. Um, it's really quite disturbing to me to have a candidate who thinks that they are uh, in a position to le uh, provide elected leadership to this city, who thinks that somebody who is not from this country cannot speak to the question of uh, uh, you know, racism faced by the African-American community. It's deeply disturbing to me. And I think that you have to look at the record. You know, I was the only council member from both the city council and the county council to vote against the youth jail because uh, you know, if the county has 210 million jobs to lock up our kids, then the county has $210 million uh, to, uh, to invest in youth jobs. And uh, you know, if you look at uh, the kind of support that my opponent has received, one of the primary supporters of her campaign is a Seattle police officer's guilt, which anybody who knows anything about public safety and gang violence and racism by cops, you know, they know that the Seattle police officer's guilt has been the single biggest obstacle to holding racist cops accountable. And like Cynthia Whitlash, you know, which finally she was fired, but that was only because of the movement itself that I'm a part of. And I, and I find it quite uh, unfortunate that uh, we have people who claim to be uh, Democrats, but are using standard right-wing trope to divide immigrants from people of other people of color. And, and I'm very serious about making sure that we unite. And as far as divisiveness is concerned, let's again, let's be serious about this. The most divisive thing in our city is the income and wealth inequality that is growing more and more wide as we speak. And if we want to eliminate that divisiveness, we need to have a real political leadership on the council like we had uh, through my two years, uh, fighting for $15 an hour. We didn't win $15 an hour because we, uh, you know, had a nice attitude collaborating with big business. Yes, we did. But you know what? Okay, listen, we we're, we're, we've we now won, ranged. We, we, won, we won 15 yes. uh, despite the opposition of big business. And we won 15 because we had intense collaboration with the labor movement, with the faith community, and with social justice activists and low-wage workers themselves uniting with one another and saying, you know what, it's time for the wage to go up. Okay, and we've, and we've talked about minimum wage uh, uh, again. We're since since race came up and you brought it up before, um, Pamela, are do, are you saying you want the demographics of 
the Central District and District 3 to go back to the way they were? And if not, what do you want to accomplish when it comes to the mix of people in District 3? I have lived in the district over 20 years. I have watched it gentrify, and I would like to see an opportunity for African-American people specifically to have an opportunity to come back into the district or any part of the city that they would like to live. I mean, historically, they were redlined there. Now we've basically been gentrified out. And so there were home ownership programs that happened in the 80s and the 90s after the I-90 property was sold off that helped African-American people and, and homeowners buy into buy back into the district because a lot of them were displaced by that construction. I think we have to look at, you know, um, incentives. Um, I was just talking to the housing director today because one of the things I said that we do at the Urban League is around this mortgage foreclosure um, crisis that we're still in um, is, is trying to help educate people about their rights and responsibilities and that there are there, there are uh, assistance programs out there to help people get loan modifications if they're denied by the bank in a default that they can we can take them to mediation. We are winning those de- mediations and keeping people in their homes. Another thing I'd like to see done specifically in the, in the central district is if you live there like I've lived there a long time, we are constantly, especially elder African-Americans and other elders, they are constantly bombarded by real estate people or notices in the mail, we want to purchase your property. And I think that that is like predatory lending, in my opinion. I think that should be illegal. We need to look at um, property tax, the property tax exemption program, maybe increase the limit in order to lower property taxes for people that are on fixed incomes. And those are some of the ways we can kind of protect the diversity in the district. Okay. And finally, we're all busy people. When we're filling out our ballots, Shama Sawant, what do you want to be top of mind? for the Seattle voter who might consider voting for you in District 3? Absolutely, without a doubt. Top of the mind should be uh, runforthemoney.org where you can see who is being bankrolled by corporate interests and who is uh, being completely supported by working people. I invite people to also go to my website, shamasawan.org. And you know- That's the uh, most important factor for you is where the money is coming uh, from. If we had to choose one thing. Yes, and, and that's not me personally choosing. Voters choose this. If you look at why voter turnouts are so low, it's because people are disgusted with corporate politics. So there's nothing unique about this race in the fact that there, that a corporate candidate is running against me. There's nothing unique about that. People understand that. You know, whether my opponent chooses to be uh, in delusion or not, that's, uh, you know, her her question. But really, as far as working people are concerned, people understand that corporate money talks. And that is why they should also uh, note the fact that there is a corporate pack that's formed uh, that's launched against me to support my opponent. And look at the people who are supporting this pack. You know, one of the initiatives of the pack is a former a person on the Republican National Committee, and he's a bundler for Mitt. He was a bundler for Mitt Romney, and he's pouring money into the campaign. You know, it's like the Republican National Committee has finally found a candidate they can get behind in Seattle. And what she has done is unite Republicans with big money Democrats, whereas ordinary grassroots rank and file Democratic people, the majority of them are supporting my campaign because my values and my record on the city council aligns with the kind of leadership they want to see on the council. And at the end of the day, anybody who is taking shovelfuls of money from real estate will not, real estate magnates and real estate moguls will not be able to deliver on affordable housing. And, and I know that my opponent will talk about how there there's a PAC supporting me as well, but I wanna say, 
whether she chooses to recognize this or not, there is a fundamental difference between working people forming unions to defend their own rights and fighting to support their progressive candidates. There's a fundamental difference between that and corporate CEOs bankrolling. And I think everybody understands the difference. And I'm, I am very openly and unambiguously fighting for working people and small businesses. So I am not at all ashamed. In I'm proud that working people have a voice in this city to, in this race. Okay. And the question they really, really need to worry about is what are the corporate interests that are uh, making sure that they want the progressive voices out of City Hall. Okay, and Pamela Banks, as I said, there's a whole lot of issues to consider. We've got a, we all have a whole lot going on in our lives. When I'm filling out my ballot, top of mind, you want me to be thinking about what? I want you to be thinking about voting for me because I am talking about local city politics and what's going on in District 3 and how it's going to impact um, the districts across the city. I understand the district from perspective of a mom, of a longtime community activist, and as a bridge builder. And I'm going to get things done. I'm going to. I don't. I don't think there's anybody that's going to care about District Three more than me because I'm going to be there. I've lived in the district. I've, I'm. I'm going to stay in the district. I decided to raise my son and my family there and support the schools and support the small business and to focus on what's real. Being a, a city council member in a district election, we are getting ready to change the face of how we govern. And you have to be there. You have to be there to listen to all the people in the district, whether it's people that are concerned about project labor agreements or people concerned about public safety. I find it interesting that Shama talks about people talking about it's an election year, so people will talk about this and that. She wasn't talking about public safety at all when shootings were happening less than two blocks from her home until I rolled out my public safety strategy. She wasn't talking about employment programs or supporting the career bridge program at the Urban League um, when I tried to get a meeting with her, but she's talking about it now. So you really do need to listen about what people are talking about and what people will do. And again, my record stands for itself. I'm talking about neighborhood priorities. I'm talking about livable and safe neighborhoods with good transit and jobs close so people can get there and not be stuck in this traffic. So I want people to consider me for District 3 because I am the candidate that will get things done. I will fight for you and fight for your families. Pamela Banks, Shama Sawant, District 3. Thank you both for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. That's Urban League President and District 3 Challenger Pamela Banks, along with Seattle City Council member Shama Sawant. They're running for City Council District 3. And if you haven't voted yet, remember you've just got until Tuesday at 8 p.m. to turn in your ballot.